dangerously close. My guest today is Jay McKenzie. Jay is a writer and open source researcher based in the Southern United States. His work focuses on social media influencers, information warfare, and radical extremists. His research has been cited in articles for Wired, Slate, Heavy, Right Wing Watch, the Anti-Defamation League, the Southern Poverty Law Center's Hate Watch, and elsewhere. Jay is the founder of the Did Nothing Wrong newsletter and podcast with his co-host, Griff Somke. Somke. I should have asked you that before. I just, you're you're one of my guests where I was like, I don't have to ask how to pronounce your name. It's pretty easy. And I didn't realize I would have to read another name. Yeah, Uh, no, it took me a while to get his name down. So don't, don't feel bad. I'm I'm sure he gets it all the time. (laughs) It's well, to anyone out there, like it's, it's spelled like S O M B K E. So that's, that's tricky. It's in the realm of tricky. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. But he's just a pretty, pretty normal white guy with a weird last name. So, you know, I still yeah. like him. <laughs> I wonder if that's like a Viking name. It sounds kind of Viking. You like, know, I don't know. We haven't delved too far back into his family tree, but maybe one of these days we'll uh, we'll work on that episode for you. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of my listeners are tired of hearing about it. Like I got really into Vikings. Like, like I uh, do you know who Neil Gaiman is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he had a book that's like uh, Nordic mythology and I was reading that and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I got into the History Channel TV show Vikings. And then uh, I've like I've a couple of times in, I go to Seattle pretty frequently and I, I've been to like the Nordic Museum. Where, so I've got this this little nerd hobby right now where I think Vikings are really fascinating. But I think people that listen to this are probably getting sick of me trying to find <laughs> ways to uh, like I try to like steer the conversation into like something about what Vikings might think or do (laughs) well uh yeah griff is actually in seattle so if you head to the the museum again you could maybe take him and uh do a live show together or something fun i don't know that that's that's very cool (laughs) i should um i don't know the next time i'll be up there just because i'm not traveling a whole lot with an infant but you know i'm usually up there at least twice a year so i will hit him up and be like let's go to the nordic museum it's a fun museum if you like vikings like i do yeah well i i (laughs) pretty much like anything history. So I, yeah, I will watch the history channel when it was still history. So uh, anything like that is very cool. I, um, I got a gift when you're like the, you know, those DNA tests that are like going to tell you what you are. And I was yeah. like, sending it in. I was like, come on Viking, come on Viking. I got it back. Uh, I interpret it as Viking, but it didn't say that specifically, but I mean, un, you know, obviously it was just like, you're Irish. And I was like, yeah, well, where did those guys come from? Vikings. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, we could take a long time, and I could run the listeners through the history of that because I, God, I've listened to so many history podcasts about the Anglo-Saxons and the and Normandy and and all the various, you know, after the Romans kicked out the the Celts and. Um, yeah, that's probably a different podcast. I don't think we're doing that today, but I'm right there with you and I am fascinated by this stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Now today we're going to be doing a lot of the greatest hits from, uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, in the news, things that you've done an analysis on that, uh, I think is just, you know, there's a, a lot of real silver linings out there in some of the, in the right wing extremist world. Uh, and this is something I, like I had said, I hope it didn't sound contrived because in the beginning when we, before we were talking, I was telling you. How, why I like your podcast. And that's because 
like I was saying, I listen to a lot of film or not film. <laughs> I do that too. A lot of news analysis podcasts and uh, yours kind of seems to be like in a little kind of a Goldilocks zone for me. Cause a lot of podcasts I listen to that are kind of on the left uh, kind of are in the magical thinking realm. You know, they're like, I, uh, I don't want to take any of these very, you know, I don't want to face reality or some of the steps that, that it would take to get to a place I want to be at. I want everyone to just magically be socialist and this, you know, and everything's going to work out. And it's like, that's not the political reality we're working with. So sometimes that kind of like gets tiresome to me. Also, you know, some of the other guys have gotten a little too cynical for me or uh, to the other end is I feel like a lot of people are just, you know, that are kind of to the right of you uh, that I think are, you know, good researchers and do good work, but they're just a little too uh, soft on the right and the reality of, you know, fascism. So, well, I appreciate that. And uh, that is definitely what we're aiming for. And I'm, I'm glad that it's resonating and that we're, you know, kind of keeping that beat going. It is, it is easier to sell those narratives where, yeah, Bob Mueller is going to save us or um, for the right, it was, it was John Durham is going to save them there. It's really easy to, to have secret insider knowledge and feel like, Oh, let's just hitch our wagons to this person or this idea. And then it's going to get better. And I, I think Griff and I, even got caught up a little bit of that ourselves with the Mueller investigation. And, and we thought it was going to be more than it was. And then once it ended and Trump's still there and life still goes on, you start to say, well, okay, am I going to, am I going to get beaten down by this? And am I going to let it ruin my life? Or I'm going to say, okay, well, that was a little misguided and reality is a lot more complicated so let's let's figure out how we as two people can go make a difference and it's not going to be much it's not going to be this huge change that we're going to enact but if we if we educate enough people if we stay focused and on task then yeah maybe we can help and and that's what we're trying to do in real tangible ways um I actually had a few things to actually ask you and discuss about just what you do, like with being, you know, kind of like a watchdog and doing, you know, this is, I'll, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and shoot it out right now. My big question, because I've heard you several times say, you know, I just listened to Tim Pool's podcast so that, so that, you know, so you can, so you can check the temperature, you know, you can see what he's saying, you know, but the thing is like, I've, and I, you know, it's it's that's what's so amazing. You know, the world needs people like you who have the stomach to do that. To you know, because I find Tim Pool, I find his very existence uh, offensive to me because for for multiple, you know, obviously the, the bigotry and hatred and the you know stochastic terrorism. But uh, additionally, this on a personal note, the fact that he calls himself a, prof- a professional skateboarder just grinds <laughs> my gears, man. Because I, I didn't know about him. So he's he was never a real professional skateboarder in real life because I would have heard of him because I've been in, in the skateboarding world my entire life, you know, and maybe now that I'm getting older, I don't know everybody's name because there's so many, you know, new young kids. But Tim right. Poole's not a young kid. And if you if he'd been pro back in the early 2000s, whenever he claims that he was, I would have known. I went to the trouble to YouTube and I was like, all right, let's see this. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this, that if that guy is a professional skateboarder, 
then I'm like the greatest skateboarder to ever live. If that's the like, if that's the, <laughs> if that's the uh, well, standards you know, we're going by. He he built that that skateboard park at his house. So why would he do that if he wasn't if he wasn't serious about it, if he wasn't a pro, right? He, you know, he's he couldn't possibly be imitating a professional skateboarder like he imitates a centrist or a moderate or yeah oh I, he, uh, trump supporters hate me i'm i'm not that guy here's here's my my guess now it's trump's you know secretary of <laughs> <Yeah>. state or <laughs> ambassador to this country that country it's it's the the guy that left fox news and is coming back i mean it's yeah that that i don't know what's real about that guy and i'm not sure that he does from uh the people that i've talked to robert silverman who wrote um a really extensive profile on temple for the daily beast essentially came to that conclusion of this guy just doesn't believe anything yeah. and he he wants fame and he wants attention and he tried a few different things and and now he's this right wing hate speech well he he's a hate speech uh proponent but he denies that he's doing that while he's doing that. He denies who he is mid-sentence of denigrating trans people or calling migrants dirty or even with the recent case with uh, Jordan Neely, who died on the New York City subway, Tim Pool says he gave him $20,000 and he calls Daniel Penny, who's charged with manslaughter and Neely's death. Pool calls him a good Samaritan. So... Yeah, I, I Temple's not fun to listen to. Yeah. It, I I <laughs> I sit there and I shake my head a lot. Um but it's it, it's part of the job. It's it's something that yeah. I signed up for and I don't think you can ever be immune to this stuff. I've I've listened to neo-Nazi podcasts. I've listened to some of the worst people that are far worse than Tim Pool. I've seen their memes. I used to spend a lot of time on Gab um, several years ago. I look at Telegram. I do all these things. You're not, you're never immune to it. But I guess at a certain point, it's it when you know someone is wrong, and honestly, you know the reasons why they're wrong, it is easier to just I hear it, I process it, and then I try to go about my day. And I won't say it has no effect because it it is terrible. Um, but it's I feel like it's the best way to understand what the right is angry about, what the narratives they're going to push are this week. And you can read their tweets, you can read their websites and you get a good sense of what's going on. But it's also it's like there's two layers of it. There's the there's the really obvious. OK, here's it. Daniel Penny is a hero. Okay. But then if you want to get the undertones of racism and all the other things that are coming out, well, you have to hear the podcast. And then if you see the tweets, they, you see the dog whistles and, and you know how to fight it better. So I just take it as this sucks and I hate it, but yeah. it will make it easier for me to do my job and make a difference. Yeah, man, it's, it just sounds so tough. And like, yeah, that's why I'm so glad you know, uh, people like you are out there to do that work so I can I can be informed, uh, but I don't have to listen to Tim Pool to be informed about what's going on cooking in his little world. You know, and I agree with you, like you go into it, you know why he's doing it. You know that he's getting the, the black rifle 
coffee sponsorship that he probably like lies and say that you know they sponsor his skateboarding. I'm sure that's where he's getting that pro skater <laughs> thing. Is he's just <laughs> like yeah, yeah, sh- shifting. <laughs> Sometimes the ads are a great way of, yeah, what are they selling this week? Is it is it NFTs or crypto or are they telling people to go buy gold? And that stuff will change too. So, yeah. you, you, I mean, the ads are terrible. You can imagine it's the My Patriot Supply, the, the apocalypse gruel that they call <laughs> food that's way overpriced. And it, it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's informative in its way. <laughs> oh my God. Have you, uh, I'm sure you have heard of it. Have you heard of like a uh, Patriot beer? I think it's it's called something like that. I don't it's, think I've seen that one. Oh my God. It's a, it's a backlash to Bud Light. So, Oh, okay. So there's I, like some guy, I don't even, I don't even know who this guy is. I saw him on Twitter. He got shared a lot of uh, his video. He's like, are you tired of your beer trying to make you trans? I mean, like he, this is literally his, like his language. I'm not exaggerating it. It's like, that's what no, he talks. No, 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 you're not. You're and not. He's, he's dressed like a baseball player and he's like whacking, like he's, doing like the kid rock thing but he's got a baseball bat and he's like smashing bud light bottles and then he's like you want patriot beer and then in the comments so i went into this and these are people that are earnestly following and these are not trolls you know or people like me that are like this guy's an idiot i thought i thought it was a parody it wasn't i I think i i think i did see it a while back and i thought it was a joke but yes it's hard to tell sorry so no so what he's he's so first of all the beer is not even legal to sell because it's there's a lot of red tape when you want to sell a controlled substance. Uh, it can't be sold in stores. It can't be sold in bars. Uh, eventually, he's claiming that so people had to pre-order it. It's like uh, $36 a six-pack, and it eventually gets sipped, shipped to you on whatever day they finally clear all the uh, red tape to be allowed to brew it in the first place. It's insane. And the people in the comments are like, Yo, thank you so much for finally making a a beer that's not gay. Like, <laughs> yeah, take take all my take thirty six dollars from me for a six pack that I probably will never receive. I, it's un- crazy, un- but people, <laughs> you 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 see this stuff, and I know when you first get into it. For me, I would look at all of this so skeptically, as if okay, these are these are just bots or trolls or this. These aren't real people, right? This isn't really happening. And some of it is, some of it is artificial, but some of it, people are actually spending their money and they're actually going out. And one thing a while back was a freedom phone. It was supposed to be off, get free from big tech spying on you. And we're going to do everything different. And they're not going to be able to track you where your your location. They're not going to steal your data. There's no cookies. It's it's all free from big tech, which just wants to control you. And it was a phone made in China that they put <laughs> like a couple. I think it was an app for Parler and and Truth Social, and yeah. it was it was nothing. And but it was like four times the price of what it cost to get it. And people get it. People and, do it. And it's like it's on the same network that Cricket's on, whichever that whatever that is, Sprint maybe. It's like <laughs> there's no there's no like. There's absolutely no delineation between just going and getting a Sprint phone or getting this like weirdo, like shitty flip phone for $90 or actually I would imagine it's more than that. I would imagine they would charge like iPhone prices. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because they can. They can. And somebody will pay it. And then they do a promo code. You know, they charge $500 and oh, we've got a promo code. And they hand out the promo code to all the big right wing influencers who then it's 
enter the promo code, get 20% off. The influencers get a cut of that. So they spread it everywhere. And then obviously the the phone, whoever's selling the phone gets their profit from selling it. So it it works. People do it. They have millions of followers and some of them take the bait. So that's that's the game. I I have another question. Just going back into like your, your research method, the fact that you're able to like, like I said, like just have like a stomach of steel, you know, and just put get through this. I figure you probably have to go in and listen to Steve Bannon sometimes because he's still very relevant. Uh, I'm curious, yeah. do you ever have to listen to Steven Crowder? Or have is, to? Is, is, or no. is, he so, is, he, is he so fucking goofy that it, he's not even relevant? He is relevant. I actually Sadly. have been following him, following him more recently, especially with the the news about his divorce and and he's now against no fault marriages, which is essentially if one party in the marriage wants to get divorced they don't need a reason they can just get divorced and he thinks this is a bad idea he thinks that his wife shouldn't be allowed to leave him and is very angry about the the laws in texas which again is is that's the sort of thing you would expect from someone who is abusive of course the abusive man would not want his wife to leave him um but yeah, he was he that story kind of blew up and then Tim Pool started talking about it and then they start to say that oh well um marriage just it's not even it's it's like a handshake agreement it's just not even worth anything. And what is this what does this country come to? But yeah, it's it's he's he's still he's relevant and and guys like him I think are more relevant now and even Steve Bannon is more relevant now because Tucker is out at Fox News and so the the viewers that would have watched that are kind of going to various places various platforms they got to get their their extremist rhetoric somewhere but it's just more dispersed now than it was before it's so weird with with the people like uh especially steven crowder and tim pool the like the weird theater kid aspect of like their personality that but it's like they just like they didn't they couldn't pursue acting or comedy or whatever they you know, originally wanted to do. And so they found that like in the right wing, like that's a place where you can really be just incredibly mediocre, not very funny, not very talented, as long as you're saying the right stuff. And I mean, Steven Crowder is from what I understand is making like an outrageous sum of money from that. He turned, show. He, yeah, he turned down a deal for uh, yeah, $50 but- million dollars over four years. And I was talking to somebody, a journalist about this, and he said, he, yeah, he probably should have because based on the market now and, and how many viewers he has, he can probably make more of that, more than that on his own. He can be on YouTube and Rumble and make more than 50 million over four years. So it, it's absurd, uh, yeah. but I think he's absolutely right. And yeah, it, he is, he's done some of the dumbest stunts and, and, a lot of these people are laughable, but they still manage to grow their audience that way. And and there are so many failed actors. There are just so many failed actors yeah. <laughs> that, that became right wing influencers. And yeah, if they could just could have gotten that that TV gig or whatever it was, we'd probably well, we might be better off for it. But then again, it's like you, you replace one of them and then somebody else is waiting in the wing. So maybe maybe the problem is not the individual people. It's it's society and the the system of monetization on the internet right now yeah it's 
uh <laughs> it's yeah it's it's the failed actor taking it out on the rest of the world in a very real way um i would just, just one last question about it I, I brought up stephen crowder's because like which we you know what you were saying he's very clownish he's you know it's very hard to take someone like that serious he's absurd you know uh same with tim pool same with ben shapiro i find them all to be just bizarrely clown-like people uh and this is what I wonder why it would be so hard to sit and listen to them. And you have to take them seriously because their listeners are taking them seriously. And that's why you do it. And for me, like, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm very interested in history and I'll go in and I'll look at like the Holocaust or the Nazis and I'll, you know, uh, read a book or listen to like a, a series or something and, you know, get really in depth. But the thing is like when I'm learning about like uh, Hitler or like, Joseph Mengele or, you know, some of these, you know, monsters from history. I already know that they, that they lost and most of them were, you know, killed and punished, or if not, you know, at the very least were had to flee to Brazil. And so it's, I think it makes it a little bit easier to handle. Cause I'm like, well, you know, that the, the, in the end, the allies win the war, but you're having to listen to these, uh, these kind of right-wing pundits that are in a like the war is like currently this little culture war is currently happening and what these guys are saying matters it's not like you know oh 40 years ago steven crowder said this but he's dead now like <laughs> right yeah it it does and i think most people don't understand how perilous the the current times are and how bad it could get and i i know plenty of journalists plenty of people who are jewish or trans or minorities who are definitely scared and have been since 2016 and and that second trump term if he does appear to be the the favorite to be the nominee and if he's the nominee he could win and it's not like him losing would fix anything because he, he already lost once, but it would accelerate everything. It would incentivize these people's worst behaviors and habits and content that they put out because that is that is what Trumpism was the first time. The second time, it's going to be the same thing on steroids. But regardless of, of that, yeah, they the danger is real. The threat is real. Is there a point when some of us have to think about leaving this country? Yeah. I, I've, I've thought about it. I've talked to my wife about it. I've talked to friends about it. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow and it may never happen, but we don't know how bad it's going to get. And it, it, it's scary. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's hyperbolic to, to, tell that to people to believe that to think that it these are dangerous times and we're not through them and these people are they are spreading hate and divisiveness and they're making the problem worse and they're making a lot of money while they do it so there's just not a good reason for them to stop and where that goes from here i don't know and i, I that's what we're we're trying to avoid the worst possible conclusions and outcomes and doing our little bit, but yeah, it's, it's nothing is preordained. The good guys don't always win. So 
We have to yeah. be vigilant. Although, uh, good news, the good guys have been winning uh, pretty frequently recently. You guys have been covering it. I got one last question, though, because actually this actually popped in my head just now, thinking about you listening to Tim Pool or Stephen Carter. I, I had this job uh, like when I was a younger dude, and like I worked at a Caribbean restaurant, which honestly, for the most part, was like, you know, it's good food. But the grossest thing was there was a rotisserie. And all day long, just chickens uh, rotating the rotisserie and just dripping grease for, you know, the entire time the restaurant was open. And at the end of the night, my job was to clean out that rotisserie. And it was disgusting. So I had to pull out this Ooh. grease trap. It was real hard to like, it was very like uh, unwieldy. I had to pour the grease trap into a bucket. I had to go outside, pour that into a, like a much larger grease trap. It was all... You know, you wanted to throw up, and the smell was like really hard to handle. Then you had to kind of just get your whole torso inside the rotisserie and scrub it with a steel wool. And you know how I did it? I disassociated. I disassociated from what I was doing. I was like, this is fucking gross, but I would just listen to music, scrub it real hard, get it done. It had to be like shiny and clean, you know, looking like, you know, stainless steel at the end. Is that a good analogy for what you do? <laughs> no. <laughs> making me think through the whole process yeah it's 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 just like that except it's inside my brain no okay. it's no it's it it really is it really is it is it's like you kind of you can't turn off your emotions you can't stop being human but you just kind of put your head down and and this is just part of it and you just do it yeah and it's like for me it's i if I don't do that sort of homework and research and all this, when we get to recording, when I get to writing whatever I want to write that week or whatever we're going to say that week, I feel like I haven't, I get mad at myself. I feel like I should know more. I feel like I really wasn't on it this, this week, or I didn't, I didn't nail this topic the way I wanted to nail it. And I may be the only person listening who actually notices or thinks that, but yeah. it still bothers me. So I just do it anyway. <laughs> it's a dirty job. Someone's <laughs> got to do it, man. Just, That's right. Just, just like when I worked at that Caribbean restaurant, man, it was someone had to clean the rotisserie. No one wanted to do it. It just so happened to bother me the least. So I was like, all right, man, I'll do it. Cause everybody else wants to like, literally wants to throw up when they do it. And I was like, I can at least. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's the, it's the cleaning the rotisserie of watching the right. I, that's but, that's great. I, I think I'm going to go that go with that from now on when I explain this to people. <laughs> you ever cloned, cleaned a really disgusting rotisserie and gone out to a <laughs> grease trap in the middle of the summer? That's what Tim Pool's podcast is like. <laughs> um, all right, man. Jumping into some some of the hottest like banger news of the past couple weeks. I mean, this is this has been a really big month for news, just a one after the other. But we've got to jump on Tucker Carlson out out of Fox News. Uh, absolutely loved your coverage of that because uh, especially, you know, it needs to be said, this was maybe potentially uh, the biggest blow to the white supremacist movement and some of these like uh, neo-Nazi groups that's maybe happened in years. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it really was. And going back 2017, 2018, looking at people... There, there are some people out there who they might take issue with being called a neo-Nazi, being called a white nationalist. And then there are people on the internet who proudly 
display that name, that that association. They would they would wear that like a badge of honor. And those people love Tucker Carlson. For the last five, six years, he has been their guy. He has, some of them have shied away from praising him a little bit, mostly because they knew that it would hurt him if they did. But they really saw him as the way to mainstream their talking points. He was as extreme as he could be with the white nationalist rhetoric, the neo-Nazi rhetoric, without getting taken off air. He did lose almost all of his advertisers, but he kept making a show and that's what that's what mattered to them. And he was, Tucker was kind of the end of the pipeline with a lot of that rhetoric, those narratives that start off on 4chan or the Donald uh, pro-Trump forum or QAnon. And and then they start off in those more obscure places, some podcasts or show you've never heard of, some Twitter account you've never heard of. And then they get picked up by somebody a little bigger. And then they go to Steve Bannon. And then if it takes off with Steve Bannon, well, then it's going to, in a day or two, it'll end up on Tucker. And he was he was really important to them. And he got three, four million views a night. And people learned about the great replacement theory, really because of Tucker Carlson, which is is central to white supremacists today. We, I guess it was last weekend that the white nationalist group Patriot Front was, was marching in DC. And one of their biggest aims is, is aesthetics is let's, we need to look a certain way. We need to get our propaganda out there. And one of the main features of their propaganda is great replacement theory. So yeah, is it, it and it becomes a question of who's picking piggybacking on whom here, who's, who's, where does it start and where does it end? But it, yeah. at a certain point, it doesn't matter because they're, they're part of the same ecosystem and, and he was their champion. Yeah. I like, uh, your use of the term ecosystem because it's almost like you took a vital species out of their environment you know like it's like if you uh if you were like you know took a state park and you removed beavers or a certain type of uh flora or uh wolves or a bear you know like and then there's a cascade effect and i'm curious to see or i'm or actually i'd rather just hear your opinion do you think that there will be a cascade effect so Tucker's gone. He's not able to get out and like, you know, as they say, red pill, you know, 40 million Americans every night. Do you think that's going to like down the line start to hit hit home with uh, these guys at the Donald and V-Dare and uh, so on and so forth? I think in the short term, there's no replacement for Tucker, even if Fox News wanted to. And it's it's not clear it's not clear why they fired Tucker. There's lots of theories. There's lots of leaks that have happened and it's likely a combination of factors and it might be factors that, that we just don't know about, but there's no clear replacement because Tucker became Tucker. I I feel like he started, he's always been racist. He's always been a spoiled rich kid who, who did not care for, minorities gay people he's he's been a bigot for a long time but he became something else on fox news 
although he had that sort of credibility of, oh, he'd worked at CNN and he worked at MSNBC. But there's no there's no clear replacement on somebody who's willing to go out and say the things that he said and that can do as good of a job with it. So I think I think in the short term, Fox is going to keep struggling to replace that. I think Tucker is if he if he gets out of his contract with Fox and actually does this show on Twitter that he has announced, I think he'll maintain a fraction of his audience. It'll still be important and relevant, but not nearly what it was. There's just there's no way to carry that over. And I think I'm not sure what it's going to look like. And I think a lot of people are talking about this and kind of trying to map it out. I think in right now, a lot of the the Steven Crowders, the Tim Pools, I think everybody like that, their audience might grow a little. It might get a little bigger. Yeah. Um, so a, but a, I, a power vacuum kind of deal. Yeah, I just I don't think it, there's not one place for these people to go. There's a lot of little places. And when you when you think about the Fox audience and they do skew older, a lot of these people just aren't going to get online. They yeah. might they might just turn off the TV. They might just put on whoever Fox listens to. Maybe they'll go to Newsmax. But even that, it's not the same thing. Even even Newsmax didn't have a Tucker, which is kind of yeah. crazy because it's, yeah. it's further right but they didn't have anybody like Tucker. So yeah, the, it's, it's going to be interesting and I think something will replace it, but we just don't quite know what that is yet. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a phenomenon. Uh, you, uh, in your, on your coverage of the Tucker with like when, cause you, you came out uh, with that right after it happened. Cause I mean, that was still kind of brand new news to me and I was, I was still kind of basking in the glow and you did a little, Tucker's greatest hits kind of montage of just just some of the worst shit he would say. like unbelievable that he could get away with saying that stuff you know just like uh uh it shows that the uh that the that the race riots of of the Black Lives Matter race riots have nothing to do with George Floyd and it, like you just like yeah. th- things where you're like who listen I mean I mean I know people do listen to I got we got into an argument. Me and my friend got into an argument at a dude at the dog park yesterday because he uh, was a big Trump guy. The thing about the Trump people, man, I'll say this: they're the most not mind their own business, loud mouth people you're ever gonna meet. Uh, <laughs> but I would. They want to fight you. I'm pretty much constantly. Yeah, they want. They just, just. They just want to. They do want to argue and just. They're just suck. They just suck. Yeah. My my bro was just like he was like dude he's like. He's like, stop talking to us. He's like, you're not allowed to talk to us. Go. And the dude like walked away like very like feeling certain because we have we have been seeing him for like a year and he's always just he's a cryptocurrency dude and all he normally talks about is crypto and his Airbnbs and he's never brought up politics and he just came in hot on on one about uh, his hatred of trans people just came up on us like that. We were like, what the hell is this? And so whatever, man. <laughs> yeah and maybe he i don't know I was, and, and what was, triggers it right he, i think he was fresh off a binge of uh some kind of news like yeah, some... the, <laughs> the well the bud light uh anger anti-woke craze is almost approaching like, two months or yeah something Jesus. like it's it, over one instagram post they yeah. did one instagram post with dylan mulvaney and the right is still angry about it. Ted Cruz went on Fox News to complain about it this week. And 
okay. And and then they found an old Miller Lite <laughs> ad where they essentially were talking about women and in, in brewing history and and the role that they played and how they contributed to it. And well, oh, Miller Lite, they went woke. We gotta we gotta cancel them now. So yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe there's just like a critical mass with people where you see enough you know, anti LGBTQ material and then your brain breaks. I who knows how it works, but it's it's a certain just, point people just snap. I just thank God that I'm not on their side, man, and like having to cancel all these like I had to cancel beer. I had to cancel I can't watch movies. I can't listen to the only music I can listen to is kid rock. I mean, dude, why even go, why continue living? <laughs> I'll say this, man. Back to the t- well, let's finish off. If this was like a, a morning uh like zoo crew like type podcast, I'd like do the Tucker, I'd go like a wooga and then do a toilet flush and just <laughs> maybe honestly, maybe in uh maybe after I'll put it in post, just be like bye Tucker, whoosh. But <laughs> um you know what, man? This actually just leads me right into another thing that I had to bring up. You guys went hard on this, and it's—I mean, it is fascinating, man. Just watching, you know, supposedly one of the greatest businessmen in the world just uh, on a fail streak. Um, but you were saying that Tucker's going to try to do a, a Twitter show, which mm-hmm. makes no sense. That's a, that's like the most—I've never even heard of that before. But that's like assuming that Twitter is going to be here in three months and that uh when you guys uh went off on the elon musk uh getting rid of all the legacy check marks so all the famous people he took away their check marks told them they had to pay him eight bucks and uh never before in history has there been a thing like where that many celebrities have said i would never use your product (laughs) right right he gave people blue checks that didn't pay for it and they felt the need to come out and say no 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 i didn't pay for this (laughs) Because it is that toxic. Yeah, uh, we actually had Twitter Blue for a while. The, the edit button was nice. It, it allowed us to play longer videos, which we used you know, to preview the show and stuff like that. But eventually, it, it's just not even worth it because I, I think we called it the mark of the fash. And it really is at this point. It is, it is. It, it's just, here's a guy who Elon Musk absolutely hates journalists. They've written some stories he didn't like. He's gotten some unfavorable coverage, uh, particularly from Business Insider. And so now he basically says they're not a, an actual news outlet. They've they've criticized him, so they, they <laughs> no, that's just a blog now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. He, it's he has run off so many advertisers, and Twitter is hemorrhaging money. He has now hired this new CEO from NBC. She's a right winger, but she's got this history in the advertising business. So he's hoping that he they can bring back some of their advertisers. But I don't see how unless he he stops tweeting because Twitter Blue yeah. is just it's I mean, <laughs> I mean it's not he, doing it. I remember like last November, he him he must have hemorrhaged, I don't know, a hundred million. I mean, these are just guesses, but like had to be so many people. I mean and people I know that are like kind of in like entertainment and that, you know, kind of need the the social media still just out of um, just out of principle. We're like, ah, this is this guy's too bad, like too outwardly bad. Well, he has reinstated and is actively replying on Twitter to QAnon influencers. And, yeah. and some of these guys are they've rebranded. They're not calling themselves QAnon anymore, but it's the same 
talking points that you know Bill Gates and George Soros are implanting a chip and your mind to control you and it, turn your kids into trans Tifa communist, whatever. So it it's he's he's brought back he brought back Nick Fuentes, who is a neo-Nazi leader of the the Groiper movement. He's brought back Andrew Anglin, who writes one of the worst, most censored websites because it is just Nazi rhetoric constantly. And he was on the platform for several months. And then some of these Fuentes and England both got banned, but why were there, why were they there in the first place? So, so many, and there's so little transparency on anything that's going on. I, I I've tried to explain it to people and, and re- remind myself that Elon, well, he at least understands enough about machines and how they work either the rocket goes into space or it doesn't right yeah. but and usually what makes... doesn't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lately it's it's more that it doesn't <laughs> right or yeah either the tesla doesn't hit the children in the crosswalk or it does but he doesn't understand that twitter isn't about the tech the tech is nice when they get the tech right when they understand their own product and what people want that's great but what makes Twitter work are people. And he has alienated roughly half the country by being a horrible person who espouses horrible beliefs and apologizes for neo-Nazis. And it's, it's, he is, I hope that either Twitter dies or he's forced to sell it. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm hopeful about blue sky. It's, it's, I've managed to get on there and it's, it's the best Twitter alternative for the moment, but it's oh, very, cool. well, can, you, can you tell me some more about that? Because I am, I've been curious about Twitter alternatives. And like, I never know what's going on because everybody's got, you know, there's 10 different things that people are do, like, they're like, here, uh, do, do my Mastodon, do my, uh, this thing, uh, what's it called? Counter something counter. Yeah. There's counter social, there's spoutable, there's post.news there's yeah mastodon i think mastodon and post were well for about five minutes they were the the favorite place to go but mastodon is really clunky it is hard to find people yes it's really small and i don't think they have a very large team and they haven't taken in outside funding because they want to make it their own which I respect, but it it also means that you can't develop all the things that you need in in a quick manner. You can't, they couldn't really handle the mass influx of people who were leaving Twitter. Post.news, it's not bad, I guess, but it kind of looks like a hashtag resistance website mostly, and it's funded by some really sketchy tech guys like Mark Andreessen who were kind of close with Elon Musk and the same sort of Silicon Valley bros that I don't really want to use their website. So blue sky is it's the newest Dorsey, right? Yeah. Jack Dorsey's on the board who Jack Dorsey's time at Twitter was far from perfect and not a huge fan, but I also Look at look at the alternative, right? Look yeah. at look yeah, at, dude. <laughs> I'll take a I'll take a pile of steaming shit over Elon Musk any day. <laughs> right, right, and I I think there is something to be said for Dorsey being there because he was he watched Twitter grow and he saw 
what worked and what didn't. And he's got this history. So he's not running it, but he is an important figure. He's on the board. They have their own team. They're being very transparent about what they're doing. And the vibe there so far, as people are going to come, right-wingers are going to come and try and ruin it as soon as they can. But right now it is so much more relaxed. It is, you can, you can post about your dog or your cat or just a thought that you had without 50 people showing up and calling you a war criminal, which is, which is really nice. It, yeah. it feels like you have to wear a suit of armor on Twitter and it's nice to be somewhere where you don't. So that may change. That may, it, it won't last in that it'll, it'll get worse. Um, but hopefully yeah, the more, the more worse. successful it gets, the worse it'll get. So, right. Well, that's cool, man. That's interesting to think about. That's something I might, uh, take a peek at in the future, but Moving away from uh, Elon Musk, all right, like the, one of the most uh, recognizable, famous people in the world, to let's let's start talking about a real weirdo that most people don't know who he is. You you'll recognize his name. You'll recognize part of his name, and that is uh, Robert F. Ke- is it Robert F. Kennedy? Yeah, yeah, Robert F. Kennedy. The uh, the the he's going to be primarying Joe Biden as a Democrat. Uh, I, I, I didn't even, so you taught me about this guy. I, I always know there's like some kind of shit going on with the Kennedys. There's the, there's the made up one. The QAnon guys are all into the one that doesn't exist. Uh, Kennedy Jr. Yeah. He supposedly (laughs) lived and QAnon made him a big part of, uh, their, their folklore, but yeah, it's just some guy. Um, yeah. yeah, Robert Kennedy. He's not made up. He's, he's a living descendant of John F. Kennedy, the president. What is he like? A nephew's that was his it was his uncle it was um you know rfk was was well was jfk's uh believe he was attorney general and then he was uh running for president and was assassinated by sirhan sirhan um when he was essentially on the campaign trail in california so this is his son um oh so this is actually a this is not a young guy no, he's he's about 70, I think. So yeah, he's, oh, holy he's been around. Shit. He's like a so he's almost as old as Joe Biden. That's wild. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's that makes this even weirder because I when I when you were talking about him, you were saying, all right, this guy's his platform is almost essentially that he's an anti-vaxxer and that he's like what is he's kind of he's kind of boosted by or like uh Steve Bannon is kind of like his like got his back, right? It's kind of like yeah, Steve. Well, Steve Bannon is is probably the biggest. But so I, I go through I look at at Twitter and who on the right is retweeting this thing or that thing or who's talking to whom or what are the what are the narratives that are that are being spread around. And I go and look at who's amplifying RFK Jr.'s tweets and any any appearances he makes. And it's almost entirely right-wing accounts and it's almost entirely pro-trump accounts and yeah this is a guy who's since he's announced his candidacy has repeatedly gone on fox news he in the past was he was photographed with roger stone trump's longtime advisor and steve bannon he's been on bannon's show a bunch um and as as people are probably aware anthony fauci is a big boogeyman for the right these days and Variously, kind of claim that he either 
overlooked the COVID-19 pandemic or was somehow involved in its spread, depending on how conspiratorial you get. But RFK Jr. played right into that by writing a book titled The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the Global War on Democracy and Public Health. And and that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. Hobby, man. God, these people, dude. Yeah, like, and that's what he goes on. Get Steve into Lego. Talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and uh, Anthony Fauci retired. Like, let the, the man's like eighty years old. Just, just let him, let him go geez. fish or whatever he's doing. But, I have a question. Um, is this term? Is this called um, controlled oppos- opposition? Is that what this is? How this is labeled? I, I, could be I wrong. think I no. I I think it's fair to call it that. I hesitate with that term simply because a lot of people learn about these terms and they have they read the wikipedia entry and they they think they understand it and then they go and write articles about it and talk on their podcast about it and like yeah. they don't actually understand and I, you're not you're not doing that you're just asking and 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 aware that it exists it is a real term it is a thing that that happens both like the fbi and uh, Cointel Pro, they had controlled opposition of of various extremist groups, and the Russians will do this. You know, various foreign intelligence agencies will essentially either they don't necessarily have to be in charge of the group or the person, but it's 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 also not real. Like you steer you if you look at um, extremist groups, they always will say stuff like, well, whoever the guy is that is telling them to go commit violence, well, that's that's the Fed, right? That's the guy who's trying to get yeah. you in trouble. So instead of you actually accomplishing something, you all get arrested for uh, for whatever violent act you plan and try to carry out. So the, the right just knows that Joe Biden is not particularly popular. I... I think it's really difficult for any president in this 24 seven news cycle to be popular. I think this is just kind of the new normal for us. And I don't know how much that is even going to matter in the general election, because when you're faced with, well, it's either this guy or that guy, people pick, even if they don't love him. And and on Joe Biden's not perfect. You can even say he's not a great president, but I would ask people to consider the alternative. And that's, that's what keeps me going. And that's how I look at it. And yeah, they, the right finds it convenient to boost RFK Jr. because they agree on a lot of things and, and they they kind of couch it in that. Well, I don't agree with everything he says, but his his position on vaccines or his yeah, yeah his the things he says about Joe Biden or that. So it's it's a way to get it's kind of like how Tucker Carlson could mainstream the white nationalist rhetoric to a platform that it wouldn't otherwise hear it. Well, you, you'd go tell people, oh, this guy's a Democrat. Oh, yeah, he he doesn't like vaccines. He thinks Anthony Fauci is terrible. He thinks Joe Biden screwed up this thing, that thing and the other. And yeah, so maybe maybe why isn't the left taking this guy seriously? And and if you don't, if you're aware of who he is and you don't take him seriously, well, then they criticize you and say you're biased and say you're against them. And, and so they love to cast themselves as constantly persecuted and under siege so it's like it's an endless loop that he provides and i think the way to look at a lot of this is just it is it is constant content creation it yeah. is this guy exists to give them talking points to give them stories to tell and their audience is going to believe some of it and it and it it gets them to the end of the day the end of the segment right 
And he's got the brand, man. He's got the name Kennedy. Yeah. But then also, like you said, man, he wrote a book called like Anthony Fauci and the Babadook and the Boogeyman and whatever the fuck you said it was called. You know, <laughs> like who cares? But like that's like, you know, obviously, how could Alex Jones not love a dude that's like, oh, uh, uh, Anthony Fauci actually uh he he does know the Babadook. The Babadook actually is uh, invented the vaccine. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and he's and he's he's right in lockstep with them on the war in Ukraine. He's blaming, oh, it's we can't fund any of this. Yeah. Russia did nothing wrong, essentially. And it kind of veers into apologizing for war crimes. But that's also what guys like Steve Bannon are doing. So they don't mind. All right. Let's I feel like I, I brought him up because he's he was weird and, and funny and, you know, Look, he's not going to win. He's not going to be the president. But, like, it's good to know that he's out there and, and know what the hell is happening with that. I will uh, I will say, if if you don't mind, was one other thing yeah. I would point out is is they did this before. Um, in 2020, I am not at all saying he was aware of it or he was part of it. But one thing I observed back then is a lot of the right boosted Andrew Yang for in a similar way to what we're seeing now. This is on a much yeah. larger scale, but it's it's about these were people that were Trump supporters through and through and they boosted Andrew Yang because it was a way to hurt the left. And and that's that's what they do. They, it is a tactic and because they got a Kennedy and everybody knows about the Kennedys, yeah. it is it's something that that's working for them. Yeah. Yeah, such a such a weird thing. And I couldn't believe when you just told me he was like in his seventies, man. Like I, I thought this was like maybe some young guy like out here trying to grift. I didn't know it was like a, a, you know, a Joe Biden aged man. Like that's yeah. Jesus dude. Like start just get, getting your, you know, maybe meditate and you know, well, okay. he doesn't need the money and he's a Kennedy. Yeah. So he's, feed, but <laughs> feed the ducks, dude. Uh, <laughs> all right, man, this, uh, this bring brought me a lot of joy. Uh, your coverage and just in, in general, I just every time I catch a glimpse of this story and as it's unfolding, and that is Ron DeSantis versus Disney. What are we on? Round three, man. Just complete what just knockdown after knockdown. Ron DeSantis is uh is not He's a not contender winning. here. He's not the contender, man. This is this is like they if they put some this is like back when they like uh you know start to put you know used to put no names up against Cassius Clay before he was Muhammad Ali kind of <laughs> kind of level yep. shit uh <laughs> man could you just just uh just to bring some joy to everyone a, a brief uh like your take on what's going on Ronda Santa's first Disney who's winning <laughs> Disney definitely definitely Disney I honestly think at this point if he could if DeSantis could go back and never pick this fight he would because it is it it started after the the so-called don't say gay bill was passed in Florida when DeSantis is governor, which limited classroom discussions on gender identity and sexuality, which they have Republicans has, have since doubled down on and actually expanded that bill. So it, the initial bill, though, Disney criticized it. DeSantis criticized them. He didn't like it. He said, you don't get to impose your will on us. And Disney has been a bit of a, a boogeyman for the right because yeah. Okay. They're, they're inclusive and they do talk about 
I guess they have some gay characters and they might have some trans characters. It's not like that's all they do or it's that common, but the right goes and looks for like that one episode, that one time when you had a trans character and then, Oh my God, Disney is so woke and, and you have to hate them now. And even though all the people who say this are then, you know, photographed with their family at Disney world anyway, yeah, but I never know. mind that. Never, Fucking never hypocrites, mind that. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, DeSantis has just, he has tried to impose the state's power on Disney. They have special status in Florida where they're essentially allowed to control the plot of land that has been assigned to them. Disney had their own board where they were allowed to make decisions. They pay taxes, but they essentially get autonomy in the Disney zone. And DeSantis tried to take that away and appoint his own board. Well, before he could do that, the old Disney board, which was loyal to Disney, uh, passed a bunch of laws that essentially tied DeSantis's hands and made it so he can't do much of anything. And of course, then he just looks like he's getting beat up by a cartoon mouse and he no, no, no. And he tries to veto it. And then Disney sues. And it from everything that I've read, Disney has a much stronger case than DeSantis does. DeSantis might not have any case. And more recently, the news is that, oh, I think it was about a $1.2 billion investment that Disney was going to make in Florida. They have since canceled DeSantis. I see, yeah, is, I saw that. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, Ron yeah. DeSantis, I don't think is a very smart guy. He'll out on a limb. I just, <laughs> I think he wants to be a bully, but I don't think he's very good at it. And yeah. I don't think it's, he's just, he looks weak. He looks weaker than he would have if he hadn't picked this fight. And it just, if you can't beat the cartoon mouse, how are you supposed to be Trump? And yeah. and I think the answer is is probably that he can't because his numbers keep going down and down and down. And and we see awkward. They I don't know if you saw that laugh that he did. And when he was in Iowa, where he's. Oh, yeah, that was where he was like a like a marionette. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, it was a definite Howard Dean moment where it's just, oh, my God, what what's wrong with him? He is he is an awkward guy. Yeah, he he has. So it's it's crazy to me because the anti-woke stuff he really is more extreme than trump and this this is the guy that's the establishment wants he's the at least kind of nominally the more normy republican and he is out there just on a crusade against trans people and and even even yeah we can't talk about being gay it, it's it's crazy he's he's going on right wing shows and saying i'll never drink budweiser again and and oh my God. just slipping right into that culture war fight <laughs> and this is the more normal republican like, what is wrong with these people the thing is I, yeah people do i mean they they try to like uh pass him off as normal i think he's very weird i think i think he's i think he's just as fucking weird as trump but without the cult. So it's, you know, he's a, he's a weird ass. And this is the thing, man. It takes a lot to make me uh, be when, if for Trump to say something and for me to be like, hell yeah. And Ron DeSantis is the only person that's ever made that happen is when, uh, when Trump comes out and when he insults Ron DeSantis, I'm like, ha good. <laughs> like when he was calling yeah. him meatball Ron and Ron to sanctimonious, I don't know. He needs to, call me up because i'll write a real insult for this guy these are these are pathetic 
All right, man. I let's uh speaking of weirdos, dude. We're let's get to the to the weirdest man in Congress. Oh. The 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 how the fuck is he there? And oh my god, I can't believe it finally the chickens came home to roost. And we're talking about George Santos. He's indicted. I guess he's gonna get arrested. Who would have thought? Such you know, what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy who lied about pretty much everything. Lied about God, he lied about being having Jewish ancestry and his grandparents fleeing the Holocaust. He he lied did he, about like, didn't when, they say his mom was dead when she wasn't dead? Yeah, yeah. He he lied about when his mom died, and, and she is dead, but he he had something about her dying on 9-11 and then and then there was a second date where he said she died and it was neither one it's it is it is weird and the guys had more aliases than i can keep track of he even had a a fake jewish name where he was trying to fundraise using that name i i think because he thought it would get him more money and the guy is is gross he got he got uh caught with I think trying to buy something and did some check fraud in Brazil back in like, wasn't he like trying to like, he did something weird with dogs. Like he like kidnapped dogs. He, he had, he had some, yeah, some kind of fundraiser that he said was going to, to help dogs or help homeless dogs or something. But there it appears that he was just pocketing that, or there's a lot of, at least a lot of questions about it. Everything. Also, oh man. Going back to what you said about him having a Jewish alias, and then when he told everyone that he was Jewish and they obviously were like, no, you're not. He was like, no, no, I'm Jew ish. That's yeah. This is like, this is shit that like, I wouldn't write it into a, into a movie or a TV show. Cause it was, it's poor writing. And this is yeah. like, it's too unbelievable. And here it is. is like, this is in the halls of Congress. And it's, but I yeah, guess and he went, he went to fundraisers that were just for Jewish members of Congress. He very much, tried to portray himself as a Jewish man. What and then, yeah, <laughs> just laugh it off as Jewish ish. Yeah. So uh, my, my understanding was uh, over there in the, the real fun, you know, house of representatives with the uh, Marjorie Taylor greens and all these goofy fucking people that, you know, probably can't read or write a bill to save their lives. Uh, McCarthy needed him for a vote. That's basically his whole purpose. They got his vote. And now they're um, can probably content to turn their back on him and let him go to prison. Is that seem like a fair? Well, I I think once his term is up, yes. But at the moment, they really just kind of kick the can down the road. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, has not called for him for Santos to resign, and they've essentially put something forward to investigate him. But the supposed investigation would take over a year and by the time it's over you're you if you're in the house you get two years so it'll be the next election and in theory they could put up their own candidate and replace him and yeah they don't care what happens to santos after that but kevin mccarthy has such a very slim margin of error in the house right now that he really yeah. can't afford to lose a single vote so he's not saying this guy should resign despite the fact that yeah, like you said, he's been charged with fraud, money laundering, theft of public funds and false statements. There are a 13 count indictment. And yeah. 
And I mean, it used to be the hint of an indictment or the hint of a scandal. Yeah. It wasn't even that long ago that you, that you would see Congress people resign for that. But now they just, eh, what's going to happen? Yeah, what what you you do you do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Trump yeah. really paved the way for the whole, like, it doesn't matter how many crimes you commit. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, he really well, anyway, did. Well, like you guys uh, uh, said on uh, uh, Did Nothing Wrong, he it, it was nice. You know, after you know, after the big splash he made of being a big piece of shit, it was nice to forget he existed, and it will be nice to once again forget he exists as yeah. uh, as soon as this is over. But Jay, I've got one thing to tell you, dude. We are getting dangerously close to the lightning round. Let me find it real quick. Uh, <laughs> I uh, so I did not write this. This is written by co-producer Colleen. I have this is the first time I'm looking at it. I have no idea what I'm asking you. But the way the lightning round works is, I ask you a series of questions. And you answer as fast as you can. Gut reaction. Don't think. Uh, let's see what today's lightning round is. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like you got a really hard one. Sorry, man. <clears throat> lightning round. Which candidate would these Disney characters have voted for in the 2020 primary election? Uh, just for a quick reminder for everyone, uh, in that uh, in that primary, there was Joe Biden, uh, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. Mike Bloomberg, Rand Paul, Trump, I think. Was it Joe Walsh? Was he in that? Uh I I don't think he ended up doing it. I think he was exploring it and then he he didn't actually declare. There wasn't much in the GOP because they Trump had that sewn in, but I think I think Rand Paul might have run against him. I don't I'm not might not be remember. He Rand Paul ran in twenty sixteen. I don't think I, I don't remember there actually being. He didn't. T- he didn't take another swing. Okay, never mind. No. So it's, no, so it's, be- yeah. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> so basically, it's did they did they vote for one of the uh, Democratic primary candidates or Trump? Is that- <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think it was Trump. Uh, oh no, I mean, I mean, uh, these uh, in this quiz you're about to take. Yeah. Oh, who like who do they vote for? Yeah. So so it's like you know Mayor Pete, Amy Klobuchar, Bernie, Elizabeth Warren. Well, it's got to be Mayor Pete because they're so woke. Of course, they're going to vote for the gay guy, right? <laughs> All right, let's go to the first one, man. Uh, Baloo. If you don't remember that, Baloo is the bear from the Jungle Book. Okay. Who, who did he vote for? <laughs> uh, uh, Bernie. Yeah, he would have totally. You're right, because Baloo's a cool dude, man. All right. Grumpy from Snow White. <laughs> 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 Trump. <laughs> yeah, probably. Grumpy. Damn it, Grumpy. He's got some he's got a uh <laughs> All right, I'm just going to move on before I say anything else about that. All right. King Triton. That's the little mermaid's dad. Joe Biden. I was going to say he seemed like a Biden voter to me. Uh I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm sure you've seen this. Uh Maui from Moana. Oh. Elizabeth Warren, you think so? It's kind of hard. I I feel I I see Maui as being a non-voter, but well, okay. <laughs> but that wasn't an okay. option. I don't I don't know. She well, I honestly I've only seen that movie in in doctor's office waiting room, so I I probably <laughs> don't have the best grasp of it. Okay, well, we'll go with Elizabeth Warren. Uh, oh, okay, this is a good one. Uh, Timon from The Lion King. Oh, he's like the meerkat that's friends of Pumbaa. Um, Hakuna Matata. So you didn't give a shit about anything. 
<laughs> Mike Bloomberg. <laughs> Mike Bloomberg, yeah. <laughs> uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. I don't know. Uh, um, Elizabeth Warren. I, yeah. Yeah. Man, dude, if, if only these people had actually been like the voters, like if, they, if they'd been the... Uh, um, Shit, what are they called? Fucking I'm gonna start a Disney character polling <laughs> firm over here. <laughs> I was gonna say that uh if they'd been in the uh uh why can't I think of it? It's the college, the electoral college. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Dude, I my my brain does not work anymore these days, dude. <laughs> I need I just need one night of sleep and I'll so be let you so yeah, that's clear. what happens when you have kids. It's not gonna change for a while, so get used to it. <laughs> Two more, then we're done with this, I promise. Uh Geppetto from Pinocchio. God. Oh, that's a tough one, man. That is a tough one. I don't. I mean, it's been a minute since I've seen that. Um, I feel like Amy Klobuchar. I feel like yeah, good one for Amy. Amy yeah. Klobuchar, you get Geppetto. All right, last one. I feel like this one's a real uh, wild card, man. The Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. I hate to Andrew say it, but Yang. I, Andrew, Andrew Yang. Yang. <laughs> yeah, something stupid. Exactly. I was, <laughs> was going to say, I hate to say it, but I, I feel like he could have voted for Trump, too. Just I, like, I I think he would have been an Andrew Yang primary voter who voted for Trump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shit, Jay, I have one last question for you. It's the most important question of the day. Where can people uh, find you, uh, follow you, your all, all your stuff, your newsletter, your podcast, uh, just literally anything? Uh, plug it all, man. Well... I'm on Twitter while it still exists at James, the word for the letter M. We'll see how much longer we have there, but I will have the, uh, the newsletter and podcast updated weekly at did nothing wrong pod.com. You can find our podcast on any of the usual apps, Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. And you know, I'll do uh, guest appearances where I can get them, but primarily you'll just uh, find our, our updates uh, with the show every Monday morning. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on because this has been a lot of fun. And yeah, I can't wait till Monday to hear what the hell's going on in the news, man, because I need you guys to pre-digest it for me. I can't take it raw. I need <laughs> I needed to get cooked up by the did nothing wrong uh, crew and get it that way. We've got um, a we've got a good interview with the uh, someone who contributed to the Paul Gosar staffer being a Nick Fuentes groiper. Um, we got Haley from Arizona Right Wing Watch on with us, so uh, we're excited about that. Oh yeah, that sounds like a fun one. I'll be, I'll be there, man, uh, in spirit and also in my headphones. That sounds great. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate the support, and uh, thanks so much for having me.